Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Hockey Show. Here we go. It is a brand new Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show, and I really mean that when I say brand new, because uh, we've got a brand new co-host here, we've got a brand new theme song, entry song, we've got a brand new hockey season. It's all about the new stuff here. Ian Mendes with you, alongside our new co-pilot, Julian McKenzie. Welcome to the show, my friend. Welcome to Mondays, officially. Thank you so much for having me, man. This is this is a this is an absolute honor, a privilege. I mean, we've done these shows together, but obviously, me in a fill-in capacity. But the fact that uh, I have been elevated to full-time host is uh, something that uh, I will treasure forever, including getting to work with uh, someone as established as yourself, someone I've grown up watching all my life. Oh, see, here we go. Yeah, but you know what though? <laughs> I've been listening to uh, a lot of the you know your 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 podcast with Chris Johnson. I I listened to that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I listened to the episode where you talked to him about moving to Calgary mm-hmm. and kind of all that stuff. And I feel like you sold the athletic hockey show, the Monday show short. You're just like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm going to be doing the Monday show. You didn't even give me a <laughs> shout. You didn't even give me a shout out by You're name. Right. You didn't even say, You're right. I oh, should have so excited to work with Ian. It was just like, yeah, yeah, I, I'll be doing the Monday show. No, no, no. I should, I should have done that. You're right. You're right. You're right. For for context, like, yeah, like I, what the opportunity came for me to 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 fill in and, and and be the new host here. I was really excited about it, man. I know, I know, I have the new opportunity in Calgary. I'm gonna do the absolute best of my ability to cover the team, the and and take over from the great work that uh, Haley Salvian did in Calgary. But uh, yeah, I mean, come on, man. Again, to do that and again to work with the Mendez, that is something that is not lost on me. And you're right. I should have shouted you out. <laughs> On the Chris Johnson show. It's, it's I owe you that. I, I, I love the way Chris Johnson. He was uh, he was so uh, he was so bang on when he said everybody's so proud of you. Uh, we're all Thank happy you. for you that uh, you've got this opportunity. So as we talked about this before, you're taking over for Haley Salvian in Calgary on kind of the writing side, Flames beat reporter. I got to ask you because you've been in Calgary now for a few days. Can you just tell the listeners how much better it is to be a sports fan in that time zone? Like, how much better is it already for you? Man, like waking up and then football is on at 11 a.m. That is one of the best things I can just go through. I think I got in on the Thursday, and I think Thursday night football was like, what, at 5 or 6 o'clock my time? And the game was over. It's like 10 o'clock. And I'm like, 
it's a decent hour for me to go to sleep. Like, I think that's incredible. And, and I don't like, I mean, I, I'm used to being in the Eastern time zone where it's like 1130, 12 o'clock. And that's when everything goes down. Yeah. And I'm like, it's 10 o'clock and I feel tired. And I could probably wake up at a decent hour the next day. I, know, I love I being in the, it's been a few days. I love being in the mountain time zone. I, I love it. I, I maybe, maybe I'll eat my words in a few days, but I love being in this time no. zone. No, for being a sports fan, it's ideal. Like, uh, you know, listen, I grew up in Vancouver. So when you're in the Pacific time zone, you know, back in the day, you'd, you'd, I, I used to race. This is the funny thing. I used to race home from school and, uh, would try to get some homework done because, you know, hockey games would start on TSN during the week at, at four o'clock. Like the uh, a game at seven Eastern time would be on at four o'clock. Uh, the Blue Jays or the Expos would be on at, at four o'clock. So uh, it's great. It's uh, it's a great way to consume sports. I, I love the fact that, that you're going to get that. Um, I also love the fact, I got to say, that you moved to Calgary. And this was actually, this is really cool. I think this was heartwarming. I'm not, and I hope you don't think that I'm, um, I'm mocking you for this because I think it's really sweet. Your mom and dad flew out there to settle you in. Like, come yeah. on. Like, that's that's pretty cool. That's not mocking at all. It's no, it's not. Actually, I don't I, I'm not. I think that's really that's really cool. Yeah. They've yeah. been really helpful for me these last few days, just with like helping me move things into my apartment. Like my landlord will like come in and will just like inspect the place. <laughs> like my parents are just like, yeah, maybe this chair would be better. Maybe we gotta move this thing. I just let them go and just do their own thing. I could just like hide off in my office and just be like, hey, you know what? I kind of have to write this like Calgary Flames piece. I have to watch this prospects game. I just let my parents just uh do whatever, man. But they've really been helpful for the last few days and they're gonna hang out with me for a few more days after and uh just make sure i'm okay and uh, yeah it, it definitely made the uh the transition or it's making the transition a lot easier and i can't wait to see more of the city and 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 more of like banff and and when i eventually get the time to, to do that and, and and i haven't even driven to the saddle dome yet like that's that's like the big thing i want to either walk to or or drive to or whatever like that's the big thing i gotta get to but uh yeah, it's it's been a really good time, and thank you to everyone who's sent a lot of uh, a lot of love on Twitter and social media, and and a lot of congratulations and thanks. It really means a lot. So thank you so much for the support, guys. I really appreciate it. Okay, so you haven't been to the Saddle Dome yet? I haven't been yet. Really? I haven't been inside. Yeah. I haven't driven yet. I haven't I haven't done any of that yet. You you okay? Do me a favor, and it'll probably be your first preseason game you cover for the Flames. I need you to take the video. I've only done the walk one time. It was. Scary AF. Um, oh my god! The, the catwalk, basically up to the press box. Like you kind of have to. I'm not a heights guy. I'm not like super afraid of heights or anything. But I this one got me. Yeah, it gets you a little. It's a little nerve wracking. Let's just say that. I'm I, super mad to, at myself. Take, take the video and and yeah. share it with people. I'm super so mad at myself because at no point when I considered the possibility of living in Calgary and covering this team at no point did i ever consider that catwalk for whatever reason i thought it was in san jose or something i didn't realize it was in calgary because i've seen those videos or uh -oh. the shots of Wait, how high up it is heights? i'm not scared of heights but it just that just does not seem practical to be like i just think immediate no. disaster so maybe after like a few times i'll get used to it but that first one i'm gonna be i might not even do a video i might be too scared to like drop it on the ice or something Okay. Well, anyway, well, I look forward to that. Um, hey, I, I've got to share one story though, real quick, because I yes, covered the Senators please. on on the weekend uh, in uh, in Buffalo. The Senators rookies. I was down there for a couple of days, and for the listeners here, and you know, like people know me, I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. 
Okay, like that's oh, yes. uh, that's probably one of my my toxic traits is I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> and I love as a driving toxic trait home, for you. So I'm driving home from Buffalo. It's about a four and a half hour, five, almost five hours, four and a half from Buffalo to to where I live in Ottawa. And mm-hmm. I, I'm driving home right at the same time the Cowboys are playing the Cincinnati Bengals. And this felt like one of those classic, you know, you, you, you're hitting the search. We've all probably done this as sports fans. You're driving somewhere and you're trying to find the, a game somewhere on radio. And, you're, you know, you're, you, you get like this crackly AM. I somehow got, for a good chunk of the uh, my drive, the Cincinnati Bengals actual, I guess, from Cincinnati, their, their AM wow. feed was coming through. Okay. But here's the kicker, pun intended. Yes. As I'm pulling up to the uh, the border crossing, like literally at the exact second, it's my turn. No. Brett Mahar is going to kick the field goal. I'm like, oh no! Like I no. need to know. And I pull. I had to turn the radio down. I have no idea what happened. All I know is, all of a sudden, my phone just blows up with texts. Like boom, boom, boom. Like so many. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know what happened. I like. I literally. All I know is either. He made it or he shanked it. And I'm like, oh my God, like what's happening? But but the people that were texting me were Cowboys fans. So mm-hmm. I was like, I think he made it because usually if he shanked it, that's when the the haters come into my text message with a ah ha ha lol. Uh. So but I had to like literally the, the timing couldn't have been worse. And then I got through, I uh, tried to turn on the radio, but they had already gone to commercial. So I was like, oh man, like I don't know what's going on. I had to like kind of pull over to the side, look at my phone. I'm like, okay, he nailed the kick. Man. Uh, it, one, it just, okay, so two things. One, it just hit me that between this show and the Chris Johnston show, there is going to be a lot of Dallas Cowboys content between you and Chris Johnston. Yeah. Two, uh, you're a lot better than me because at the same time as uh, my, uh, I guess everyone should know now, I'm a New York Jets fan. As as the New York Jets were going through what they were going through against Cleveland, I was walking, yes, an incredible comeback. I didn't even get to watch like the ending of it because I was out with my parents buying an iron and an iron board. Actually, we were looking for both of them. We realized how expensive an iron board is. It's like 60 bucks for an iron board out here. I'll tell you what, this is, I don't know what what are the important milestones in Julian's life, but the day you became an adult was the day that you went shopping for an ironing board. That's it. You're now an adult. Like it's over. And my dad was just like in the store, be like, "Man, sixty bucks for for an iron board." Could you not <laughs> go to like Amazon or something and get a cheaper one? That's what I was trying or- to say. That's what I was trying to say. Like, like, why are we making this a big thing? We could just go on Amazon and like get yeah. an iron board. Oh man! But anyway, yeah, you're right. And- That's the a big sign to adulthood. We've talked nothing about hockey so far. Yeah. So I'll tell you what. Let's go from the New York Jets to the Winnipeg Jets. How about that? Because yes, let's do I that. thought this was really interesting last week. Um, New York, uh, the New York Jets, the Winnipeg Jets took the captaincy away from Blake Wheeler. And they said, look, we're going to do this by committee. And they're trying to say that, hey, this was, this is not a big deal. There's nothing to see here, but there's something to see here. I think anytime a guy who's held the captaincy for multiple seasons, like Blake Wheeler, loses it, you're saying something there. And I know Mark Scheifele has been quoted as saying, I think he told Elliot Friedman on 32 Thoughts that he was, quote, shocked. Um, That's a big story to me. Coming into training camp, that the Winnipeg Jets have taken the captaincy away from Blake Wheeler, right? Absolutely it is, considering all the the rumors and rumblings we hear about uh, the room and that core that has been put in place in in Winnipeg. Also, just the idea that a player like Blake Wheeler, who's been captain for this team as long as he has, 
is going to play games with this team no longer with the C. And I mean, maybe it'd be much more awkward if they would have given the C to somebody else. But also just the fact that there's no captain there. Also, uh, I don't know if you've taken a look at uh, Blake Wheeler's cap friendly page. Uh, this is the first year in, in that five-year deal he signed at the start of the 2019-2020 season where uh, a modified no-trade clause comes in. Because I think the first three seasons, he just had a no-movement clause. I yeah. think he still kind of has it. I, I can I can, I can, imagine maybe, hopefully, Puckpedia doesn't go into my DMs and says, like, hey, this is how it works. But, like, this, I still think that's kind of convenient that, like, this kind of happens as his contract goes through a little bit of a change. Because, like, if I'm Blake Wheeler... I mean, I'm not uh, look one. I'm not him, but two, like the idea that I was captain of this team, I was the leader of this team, at least one of the biggest faces of the franchise. And all of a sudden, this new guy comes in as the head coach. Rick Bonus, respectable head coach, of course, has been to the Stanley Cup final, but he says, "Nah, bro, like we're taking the C off of you." Mm, like, yeah, are you not going to feel some type of way? I would feel some type of way about it, but again, I'm not yep. Blake Wheeler, so I, I re- I'm really curious about how he goes about. This season, this has to hurt him. And if other guys in that room are also shocked, including Mark Shifley, who went out of his way to say that, like, I'm really curious about how that affects the whole dynamic with the room and Rick Bonus. Like, there's a lot of questions with that. Winnipeg's a weird team. Like, as we come into training camp this week, there's a lot of teams where I'm like, I have no idea which way this is going to go. And Winnipeg's on that list for me. Like, I have no idea. Where it's going to go. I think they're too talented to be a bottom feeder, but I don't know if everything is okay for them to be a playoff team. Um, they're they're going to be uh, fascinating to me. As we look at some other, like coming into this week, it's, uh, you know, opening a training camp is always a time where you sort of look at the biggest stories around the league. I think the Dallas Stars not having Jason Robertson locked up is interesting. Like he's the last real true RFA star that's not signed. Like a lot of teams got their RFA deals done. You know, Robertson's a guy who scored 41 goals last year, Julian. 41 goals. And um, I know he got a little bit of love. I think, yeah, he was, thir- I mean, 13th in the Hart Trophy voting doesn't mean he was a finalist by any stretch. But look, he played well enough that a lot of people thought that this guy, um, you know, was a driving force uh, for, a, for a Dallas Stars team that, um, you know, probably wouldn't have made the playoffs without his, his, um, the contributions. I mean, I, I don't know. Like to me, that's that's a really curious situation. How does this how does this play itself out? Do you think he he's one of those guys that like Brady Kachuk that goes into the season they don't have something done? That's a big question to ask. And if a, a team like Dallas has to ensure that they lock him up, whether they do a bridge deal or they sign him long term, um, I guess the kind of plug uh, the Chris Johnston show, which you can listen to on the Athletic. It seems as if that uh, he probably wants anywhere north of what Elias Patterson is making. In Vancouver, so he's going to want a hefty amount of money, but maybe Dallas might have to clear some salary. I'm trying to remember exactly how much cap space they have right now, but I'm not sure what Jason Robertson's asking price is is going to really help out what they have going on right now with their salary cap situation. But you mentioned the 40 goal, the 40 plus goal season he had at a young age. A team like Dallas, where they still have to carry on those Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan contracts, and they are well past their prime, uh, but they have. Uh, Jake Ottinger, who really showed out in the first round of the playoffs this past summer, and Jason Robertson. There's at least something they could kind of, you know, just hold on to. I didn't even mention Mira Heiskanen as well. Uh, also a really good defenseman for them, too. There's still something there for the Dallas Stars uh, to be able to to at least be a competitive team. 
Um, yeah, I think it's about six point three million dollars they have left in cap space. And and if Jason Robertson wants anything north of that, like, well, he, my math he is, is not my strong suit. That. Yeah, it, my math is not my strong suit, but something's gonna have to move in order for that to to work. But uh, they have to keep him. They have to keep them in order for them to remain relevant. Well, look at if I'm Robertson. The very least I want is what Josh Norris got out of Ottawa. Robertson and Norris, ironically, have produced at a very similar rate, like um, in terms of goal production. Like it's almost identical. Their first three seasons in the league, Robertson and Norris. Norris got an eight-year deal, uh, Julian, just a hair under eight million per. So if I'm Robertson in the Dallas camp, I'm going to say um, I could probably drive offense a little bit more than Norris. Like I, that's my floor is you know eight times eight, or at least that that eight million dollar hit. Like. It's going to be interesting because I, I think Dallas is, again, they're one of those teams like a Winnipeg or where I'm like, I don't know what they're going to be, but I can tell you they're not going to be a they, – they won't be a playoff team if Jason Robertson isn't uh, kind of part of the picture for for most, if not all, of the season, right? Yeah, I agree. Again, a guy who could score 40 goals at his age, a bright young star for that Dallas Stars team. You whether you get them to do a bridge deal, you find a way to sign them long term. You're going to have to move some piece out, but like it's imperative for for the Dallas Stars to resolve that situation. I don't know if I don't know if it ends up looking too good if this goes into the training camp and into the regular season. I don't I don't see it going well for them that way. So tell me, look into your. By the way, on the Monday show, we we need to issue you a athletic hockey show crystal ball. Okay, that you can that. look into the Monday edition. Look in your crystal ball and tell me, Julian, is this the last training camp ever in Chicago for Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves? Yes. I say yes. I don't I mean, if Chicago is going down the path that they're going down, which says, you know, we need to move on from the past era, we need to start cultivating uh, you know, new identity, new culture for the future. It doesn't make sense to me that Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane are still around in that organization. Patrick Kane, there was a lot of people in Toronto who were wondering, hey, maybe you find a way to lure him into the blue and white. Uh, maybe Jason, Jonathan Taze with his health and all that, different situation in terms of what you can get. But a guy like Patrick Kane on the ice, he can still contribute to a Stanley Cup contending team. And I'd be stunned if the, if Chicago didn't find a way to offload him for assets by the deadline. If it got to that, I mean, come on, like there, I think this is right. the last training camp we see with both of those players. And look, we know what they've done on the ice uh, with the Stanley Cups and the championships. No shame. And I, I mean, it's very rare for players to stay with the stay the entirety of their careers with one team. Uh, business is business, though. So I think I'd be very stunned if Kyle Davidson didn't uh, didn't make a move with with either of those players and for very likely Patrick Kane if he remains healthy. So, yeah, I think this is the last training camp with those two players. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's the last, possibly last training camp in Chicago for uh, Kanan Taves. Uh, first training camp for Johnny Goudreau in yes. Columbus. And look, he was the biggest, in, in a summer where there were some splashy moves, there was nothing more seismic or surprising than Johnny Goudreau uh, landing in Columbus. Um, wh- like, what do you think are the realistic expectations on him? Like, like, what does Johnny Goudreau have to do to silence any critics, because you know that they'll certainly from Calgary, there'll be some bitter fans um, from around the league. Maybe even some J- uh, Jersey fans or Philly fans will be a little sour that this guy he chose Columbus. Like, what does Johnny Goudreau have to do to justify signing in Columbus? And people will be like, ah, yeah, you know what that that all made sense. Like, do, do they have to be a playoff team or? I think be, they have be to. close to a playoff team. I think they have to be a playoff team. I mean, look. <laughs> I, good on Johnny Gaudreau for making the decision that he made and good on him for going out of his way to explain to either us or or the Players Tribune or other outlets why he decided to go to Columbus. But Columbus as it is right now in that in the, in the Metro division, they're not expected to be a playoff team, let alone a contending team. So I think at the very least, if he you know scores a lot of goals, gets going with guys like Patrick Laine, um, and at least makes them a little bit more competitive or a little bit better than what people expected. That's at least a start. But I think if he makes the playoffs in his first year, that goes a long way to shutting everybody up. This is a guy who was who scored over 40 goals last year on the best line in hockey with him and Matthew Kachuk and Elias Lindholm. Like, I'm not saying he has to match that output necessarily, but he needs to do everything he can to ensure that he makes the Columbus Blue Jackets relevant. Also, at any sign of discord between him and Brad Larson or anyone else in that organization, oh, you yeah. know we are going to jump all over that. We are going to jump all over that. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's that. He doesn't seem like that type of player is going to cause trouble. But if we hear anything like that in that first year, ooh, we're going to jump all over him for that. Oh, man. You know, one of the things – look, we all know that Johnny Goudreau ended up in Columbus. One of the things I love about first week of training camp Julian, is that you have to go back and like kind of scratch your head and be like, oh, yeah, that guy's there. This guy's there. So real quick, I'm going to recap a couple moves that I actually forgot that these things okay. happened. And, you know, just for the benefit of our listeners, the listeners might be like, oh, yeah, I forgot that. And you tell me, I mean, is there any other things that um, transactions that you forgot about? So like for me, like I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Ryan McDonough is a Nashville Predator. And you know, he was obviously a big part of the Tampa team that went to three consecutive Stanley Cups and won two of them. Uh, but McDonough no longer in Tampa. Uh, he's in uh, he's in Nashville. Brent Burns and Max Pacioretty in Carolina. I forgot about that. For nothing. Yeah. For not Like, like you know what's funny? Like, McDonough, uh, Burns, Pacioretty, even to some extent, uh, that they, the, the Canadians made a couple of real salary cap-related moves, right? They sent Shea Weber's contract to uh vegas uh yeah it was the vegas right for evgeny yeah Dadnov. vegas yeah um like i forgot about that i'm like oh yeah evgeny Dadnov, the guy who was at the center of the uh no trade stuff last year with anaheim he's with the habs 
like so you know Burns has a new home Pacioretty has a new home McDonough Dadnov like those are ones that I'm like oh yeah I forgot I had to go back and look at cap friendly at the offseason roster moves I totally forgot about some of these moves I'm trying to think um you know what's funny actually this reminds me of a story so I remember going to hang out with a friend and uh, this was before I moved to Calgary obviously and just as I'm about to meet up with said friend uh the Nazim Kadri deal gets announced so obviously everyone's like man you picked a great time to go to calgary do you remember what the calgary flames did immediately after that was announced right after that was that the monahan so, deal no yeah, that, sean was Mona- that was the sean monahan deal yes yeah. sean monahan was immediately moved to the montreal yeah. canadians uh do you remember who came back in exchange for sean monahan it was well, i thought it was a, the the habs got a first round pick right I think something it's like a weird, complicated thing, but ultimately like future considerations is yeah. is a big thing. Like it's at a point now where like almost every second or third day I get a tweet from someone saying, Hey, you're part of the Sean Monahan package. You're the future considerations. That could be going from Montreal to Calgary. Uh that's one move. There's another move I think of a lot where I don't remember everything else that this team did, but if this team basically relied on signing Eric Goodbranson to a four-year deal worth four years. It's a four-year deal with four million annually. We would look at them as a team that's like, oh, I don't know if the Columbus Blue Jackets are uh they had a great offseason. And then they signed Johnny Gaudreau. So yeah. right. Yeah, you're right. Eric Branson four times four in Columbus was uh was something I hadn't uh, but you know what? At the end of his career, Eric Branson's gonna be in the running to be one of those guys, like, do you think, like, uh, and I'll pull up his career uh, okay. thing here in terms of, like, how many teams he's played for. But, like, this guy, if I'm not mistaken, has played for, what, six teams? Like, so he's played for Florida, Vancouver, yes. Pittsburgh, Anaheim, Nashville, Ottawa, Calgary. So that um, Columbus will be his eighth team in the NHL. Am I right on that? I didn't yeah. realize he played for that many teams. Yeah, so so we can probably agree that you know maybe at the end of his like he doesn't see the end of that contract in Columbus. Like maybe there's a chance that Eric Branson could be a ten teamer oh in the NHL. God. Consider that like Columbus is his eighth team. I that don't think it's an, out of the realm of possibility what, that he ends up with ten teams. I had no idea he played for that many teams. I was trying to think of all the Canadian teams he played for because he's been in Vancouver, he's been in Ottawa, and Calgary, and Calgary. obviously. Yep. So like, <laughs> yeah. kind of could, so that so like you could easily be in a situation where like, what if like Winnipeg ends up being like well better than above and Columbus isn't playing well enough? Maybe it's the first year of his deal, but like, maybe next year or anything like that. They say, yeah, we'll take on Eric Goodbranson at four by four. We'll take you shedding salary. Why not? Yeah. Like I don't know. Like I had no idea Eric Goodbranson yeah. played for that many teams. There you go. He could be a ten teamer. Um, I also think it's important that we recap the game of goalie musical chairs. Yes. Every, every offseason, there's goalie musical chairs. This year felt like it was pretty significant. Like, it felt like there was probably seven or eight teams that got themselves a new starting goalie from where they were last year. And I think anytime a team wins the Stanley Cup and that starting goalie doesn't come back, that's a big deal, right? Like, Darcy Kemper's in Washington now, you know? Um, Colorado felt like, hey, uh, maybe we can win with Alexander uh, Georgiev, who they picked up from the Rangers. Um, They're like, you know, it's almost like 
when Chicago won that first Stanley Cup with Anti Niemi, and they were like, "Yeah, no, no, we're good. We, we, you weren't the reason why we won the cup, so we'll make a, we can swap you out. We'll be fine." It's kind of what Colorado is saying is that you know we won the cup with Darcy Kemper, but um, you weren't the reason why we won it. We're okay to go with uh, Georgiev, right? Is Anti Niemi the most? random Stanley Cup winning goalie you can think of. Anthony and I mean random Miami in terms of like is the Trent Dilfer of Stanley Cup winning goalies. Right? Like I that guy that. that that guy won a Stanley Cup, I guess, but you didn't win it because of him, right? Like I, I think he's gotta be the most rando guy. Like if Matt Murray didn't bounce back and win another cup, he'd probably be in the mix, right? Yeah, um, he would. You know, but Matt won two Stanley Cups. It's hard to call Anybody who wins two Stanley Cups, totally random. Um, you know, I, I what Braden Holtby? He won a cup. Yeah, he won a cup, but I don't really think of him as random because he was actually good. Yeah, J.S. Jaguar. I'm trying to think of guys who just won one. J.S. Jaguar went off. Like, yeah, maybe no, not. J.S. Jaguar arguably was, was even better in the year they didn't win the cup. Oh, three. He's right? the last. He's the last guy. You could tell me if I'm wrong. He's the last NHL player to win the Conn Smythe Trophy for a losing team in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, the O three, the O three Ducks. He was. That was a fun run. Yeah, yeah. It was a fun run that culminated with a Ducks Devils Stanley Cup. So, you know, it was There's only some so fun much games. Fun. I sometimes look back at the Steve Thomas overtime winner, uh, Paul Korea. I mean. Look, it's very, very weird moment now. I think like if we were back in 2003, we'd be like, right. oh, man, he got knocked on his ass and he came up and he got scored up. a goal. But like now we look at it with a little bit more horror. But like it's it's still one of the it's, it's still one of the it's an iconic moment in Stanley Cup final history. That final gave us a lot. Martin Brodeur led in some weird goal where well, he went out of his net and the puck that? went off his stick he, and he in. lost his stick and. So I'll tell you what, that was the first that I was really, that's the first Stanley Cup Sportsnet sent me to cover that first time I ever covered a Stanley Cup. And I was like, I was so excited because, you know, Ottawa had gotten to games. I thought they told me midway through the Eastern final, they're like, regardless of Ottawa goes through or not, we're going to get you to cover the cup. And I was like, wow, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to, you know, that's like, damn it. It's New Jersey and uh, New Jersey and Anaheim. And Marty Brodeur, either in game three or four, I can't remember which one. Uh, let in just the most atrocious, ridiculous, what are you doing goal that, um, you know, it's a head scratcher. But what I'll always remember, Julian, is after the game, we go down to the visitors uh, kind of locker room. One of the first guys there to speak was Marty Berger. And, you know, I remember thinking like, this guy's taking ownership of a terrible moment and didn't hide from it and didn't, you know, didn't, you know, it wasn't short and curt. He almost kind of laughed it off. And it was like, you know, and obviously they bounced back and won two of their next three after I think the Ducks tied up that series at two and Devils won the Stanley Cup. But yeah, it's, uh, anyway, we're, we're, how did we even get to this? Oh, yeah, it was J, Ren, JSG. You know <laughs> if we, okay, let's make real quick the okay. Mount Rushmore of random goalies to win the Stanley Cup. We like Ooh, for sure, Anti Niemi's on there. Like, no questions asked. Okay. Okay. Random I'm, goalies to win but, the Stanley Cup. Yeah. But where does Chris Osgood fall in? Because again, there's a, he won multiple cups. But he's it's also like. To, but is he kind but, of random? But also like, and you could know better than me. But like, 
have we ever considered Chris Osgood a top five goalie in the league? No. Is Chris Osgood a Hall of Famer? No. I mean, there's an argument to be made that maybe if you didn't look at his name or whatever, like if you just looked at his stat line, you'd be like, man, man, that guy won a couple Stanley Cups and, you know, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but you can make the argument he might be the king of the randos in that point. Yeah. There's some I dude with just some be. like, but, some dude with like a then, cage mask winning. Like, what? Oof, yeah. But then does this bring Matt Murray back into the mix? Because if if now we're allowing multiple Stanley Cup winners to be on Mount Rando here, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think maybe Matt Murray's in the list too. Yeah, man, it's kind of tough with Matt Murray because I still think he's like still young enough where he could still somewhat salvage his career and still be like a decent. T- but I don't know if he's ran. It's, it's he's kind of weird because like he had a really hot start as like a young goalie. Yeah, but also you know what? You're right. I'll tell you, yeah. is Dar- is Darcy Kemper going to be on this list? Like five Ooh, years from now, I don't I think know. he might be. Man, might that's be. a guy who bounced around before because he was in Arizona before he was in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other teams he was playing with, but yeah, he was kind of, but he was getting like Olympic consideration at some point. Like, I mean, he could be, you know, the other guy, and I hate to say this, but because you, you know, the thing with the NHL is like post expansion, like it was basically like, like kind of dynasties that were winning. Right. So, you know, Philadelphia won a couple with, with Bernie Perrant and then Ken Dryden and Billy Smith and then Grant fear, like, and then, you know, the penguins and the red wings and like, uh, the avalanche, like everybody had an elite goalie in yeah. all those years that they were winning the cup. The one outlier was Bill Ranford with Edmonton mm. in 1990. But now again, Ranford was a pretty good goalie. I think he ended up playing for Canada at the world cup in whatever year that was 96. Uh, I think he was like, so he was probably in a conversation as one of the better goalies, but if you need the fourth rando guy to win a cup, maybe Bill Ranford's the guy. Sean McIndoe. Oh, oh, oh no! Wait oh, a minute. Ahead. I got him. I got oh, him. Okay. Who is it? It's Cam. It's Cam Ward. Cam Ward. Literally, Cam Ward. Literally got it. Okay. Two thousand six. Me was a Montreal Canadiens fan watching. You know the Canadians go up that, against. They were up to nothing, weren't they, on Carolina? It's not even just that. That whole year, the Carolina Hurricanes gave the Canadians so much. Like they were so tough. Like they were. They're such a tough team. And when we, when I saw that they were going to play them in the first round, I was like, "Oh man! Like this, this Canes team is just going to wipe us to nothing." Martin Gerber was like their starter for most of that year. Yeah, he was the guy who was going to be that. And then he gets injured. And then like Cam Ward comes in. I think that's also the series where Sako Koivu took like a stick to the eye too. And the Canadians did have a 2 nothing series lead. And I thought, all right, man, we have a series lead. We're going to win this series. And then Cam Ward comes out of nowhere. And the Canes win that series. And they go to the Stanley Cup final. And they beat the Edmonton Oilers, who, if the Edmonton Oilers won, they would have had a goalie on that Mount Rando. Because it was Dwayne Rollison who had the – Dwayne Rollison could have – because it was Dwayne Rollison who could have easily been on that list. And then it, they came down to UC Markkinen and Ty Conklin. So, like, what of those three goalies would have been on that list? Right. Oh, man. I I think, if I'm not mistaken, that Habs-Carolina series in 2006. Uh, 2006. The Habs were up. Was it 2-0 or was it, two, was it possibly 2? Like, I can't remember. They were up. I just remember they were up 2-1 in the series. And the game four went to overtime. 
And I want to say it was like Nick Walleen who scored an overtime Man. goal. I remember thinking, ah, the Habs aren't winning this series. Like it was like Nick Walleen, I think, that scored like a random overtime goal. And then after Man. that, I think the, the Hurricanes like blew them out in the last two games, right? Like it wasn't even close. It was almost like the Habs. Was that 2006, 2002? Now, no, it was two, they played so, each other so, in 2002, so they, right? So they might have played each other in 2002, but 2006, they definitely Maybe played that's against what, each other. You know what? Jeez, I'm thinking of the 2002 Hurricanes and Habs. Because Hurricanes and Habs played each other in 2002. You're right. 2006. Uh, uh, 2002, was though, was like the beginning of like my hockey fandom. But 2006, for sure, they played against each other. Because I think Justin Williams also did the uh, – hurt Sakakoifu. And Sakakoifu, obviously – Montreal Canadiens legend. So that was a uh, as a young Canadiens fan, you know, now removed. Uh, I was not happy about that. Oh man, yeah, that was like <laughs> old school. They they used to play those two franchises used to play all the time uh, in the eighties and early nineties with Hartford. Eric Cole, by the way, Canadiens killer before joining the Montreal Canadiens. Eric Cole used to be in my nightmares as a Canadiens fan because he would every time he just played against the Canadiens, he would score against them. <sighs> There was a little window there where he was really good. And then he had he had like neck and, and back issues, right? But um he was a really good player coming out of the lockout. Yeah. Eric Cole kind of had a uh you know ability to 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 skate and you know finish a little bit. Yeah, he was he's one of those guys at injuries. Um in you know what? Now that I'm thinking, you know the most as we're speaking, can we just agree on one thing as we talk about random yes. things? Yes. If you're talking about random members of the early 2000s Carolina Hurricanes, the game starts and ends with Bates Battaglia, right? Yeah. Like that's the most random, yeah. random guy in Hurricanes history. Yeah. I'm, I don't have Bates any memories Battaglia. of him like playing, but exactly. like I remember just like playing like the old like NHL games and seeing that name and just thinking like, oh, double B, like with his initials, Bates right? Battaglia. Yeah. Bates Battaglia. Yeah. Anyway, maybe our listeners can tell us, give us your mount. Rushmore, or no, Mount Rando of the uh, the four goalies that have won the Stanley Cup. We're thinking that maybe our our Rando list would be Anti Niemi. Um, I think Cam Ward's on there. Cam Ward's on that list. Anti Niemi. I think maybe Darcy Kemper's going to end up on there. And right? we'll and see how that Chris goes Osgood. in Washington. Chris Osgood, Chris I think, Osgood. is still the king of the Randos. He's but the maybe, king. Maybe Matt Murray. Like five years from now, maybe it'll be Matt Murray. Because, you know, as we look at other goalies, again, musical chairs, you know, Matt Murray goes to Toronto, Cam Talbot to Minnesota, uh, from Minnesota to Ottawa, Jack Campbell's in uh, Edmonton, uh, Detroit now has Ville Husso from uh, St. Louis, mm-hmm. uh, Vitek Vanacek is going to be the guy in New Jersey, Mrazek to Chicago, uh, San Jose, like, went to the end of the summer before they finally got their goaltending sorted out with uh, Capo Kakinen is going to be their guy. Kerry Price got put on the long-term injured reserve, like, as we go back to the original point from way back when, uh, man, there's a lot of musical chairs in the offseason here when it comes to the blue paint. Yeah, uh, especially the Carey Price one. I mean, being in Montreal previously, like, I still keep thinking about that last press conference he gave where, or at least uh, before the season ended, where he, if the Canes win that game and he did kind of admit it, it was in the back of his mind that, like, you know, there was the possibility that 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 could have been his last game with the Montreal Canadiens. Now we don't know when he's ever going to play again. Uh, It's just kind of tough, honestly, just seeing him go through all the knee problems that he went through and 
now he may never play again for that franchise. And and I don't know how you feel about him and 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 his stature in the league as a Hall of Famer potentially or someone who should have his number retired. I just think it's just kind of tough that like one of the best goalies we have ever seen in the last like 15, 20 years, like it's possible that the end of his career just comes because some some injection in his knee didn't react the way that he would have wanted. Right. You know, it's 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 kind of nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And this could be an interesting, interesting offseason or regular season, sorry, for goalies after the offseason. You're right. Kerry, like the Habs goaltending is completely, uh, you know, kind of in flux and, and no one knows how it's going to play out with Jake Allen being the guy. Um, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see, like, does Colorado, are they still as, as good with uh, Georgiev as that a too. goalie? Um, that too. Yeah, this is going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, I think you and I need to, we need to make a push for next season. Okay. Already? Next season. Yes. We got to start, you got to start laying the groundwork here early. So obviously the athletics sent a pair of uh, reporters in Mike Russo and Sean Gentile. They went to Vegas for the NHL's media tour. And I got to tell you, we got to push for this man next year. Say, listen. We'll go down. We'll do a couple podcast episodes. I would. I would love some, going to Vegas. Some stuff uh, wherever they do. You know what? You know what'll happen. We will put in the request for it to happen, and it won't be in Vegas. It'll be like, oh yeah, this year it's in Winnipeg, or something <laughs> dumb like that will happen to us. But um, it'll be pretty and, close to us. It'll be in Canada. We won't have to lose exactly. Uh, but look, it was a lot of the the NHL brought basically thirty plus great young stars to Vegas. Gave the media a chance to sit down with them. Uh, if you if you haven't had a chance, really would encourage the listeners check out the piece that uh, Russo and Gentili did, uh, dropping on Monday. They just kind of looked at a, like all the highlights of different different uh, you know media sessions they had. One thing I thought was really funny was they uh, they had a session with Cam Atkinson with the uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, and Cam says that with John Tortorella as his head coach every before every season, John Tortorella writes a handwritten note to his players. So using a pen and paper, writes a note to his players uh, and then photocopies that, makes whatever, you know, 25, 30 copies, whatever it is, puts it in an envelope, gets stamps and mails it out uh, to the players. And then the players got, I guess they got these handwritten letters and one of the things Tortorella says was, hey, be prepared. This is going to be a tough training camp and you're going to be tested with your skating I guess all the players in Philly got this note and were like reaching out to Atkinson. And because I guess Tortorella said, if you have any questions, reach out to Atkinson. He knows what it's like. I had him in Columbus. I guess all the players are like, ah, uh, what are we in for here? I think this is fascinating. First of all, Julian, given your age, have you ever written a letter to anybody like that you wrote? Yes. You know, dear so and so, blah, 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 wrote it out, put it in an envelope, stamped it, and mailed it. Yes. Um, really? Yes. Uh, my first high school girlfriend, when I was in Jamaica, week, I sent her uh, a letter. I, I remember doing that. That was a very nice note to do. Also, I have... <laughs> Wait, you were in Jamaica, uh, yeah. like living in Jamaica or on vacation? Nah, on vacation. It was just some sappy thing. Plus, like, it took... <laughs> like, you couldn't, you couldn't, like, she, you sent she, her a the... note from, like, Sandals, Jamaica. Like, I think... No, about- I got... I got family in Jamaica. We oh, got so, like, family. Like, oh, a, you're even more lucky. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. the sad the sad thing is that I think she only got the letter like after I had already came back. It was there like two three weeks, and it just took so long for the letter to get there. So she only got it after I got back. But uh, it's the thought that counts, as far as I'm concerned. But I have beef with this with this thing because it's one thing because because this topic was presented to me as if John Tortorella hand wrote notes for everybody but you mentioned no, no, he photocopied a, them well that's the thing you mentioned the photocopy thing that's what would bug me why would you go through the trouble of handwriting a whole note and then photocopying it when i don't know you could have just emailed it you could have just you know if you might as well just type it out and then just put the copies in in each of our lockers or whatever if you're going to go through the trouble of writing it by hand i mean fine maybe it saves time by photocopying it but i feel as if if you're handwriting a note that's supposed to be a very personal thing that's supposed to be something that carries a lot of meaning you might as well do it for everybody why are you going to do it for one and then photocopy that doesn't feel personal to me it sounds it's almost like what used to be like there used to be chain letters where you would write a letter and then photocopy it and send it to to 10 people um yeah because again this this uh, story from russo and gentilly says every season in handwriting that uh, cam atkinson says could actually be improved john tortorella pens photocopies stamps and then sends a note to his guys. Like the other thing is how often are NHL players checking their physical mailbox? Like Travis Konechny, like every day, is he going to his mailbox? I mean, considering I that maybe a lot of those guys probably order stuff off Amazon, maybe pretty often. Maybe, maybe that has to but be it. Right. This doesn't help the thought or the theory out there that, you know, John Terrell is old school, right? Like if you want to show that you're adapting to the newer generation of guys, and I'm not telling him, you know, he should get a Snapchat account or anything, but I'm with you. Like maybe, maybe the email is the way to go. Right? I mean, and look, you don't even have to do email. It's just, if you're going to go through the trouble of writing the note, commit to the bit and like write personalized messages for everybody. If you're going to go about writing it, if you're going to go through that trouble, you might as well just do it for everybody. I don't know how I would feel. Maybe I'm just being unreasonable about it. It doesn't make sense to me that you are going to handwrite a note and then photocopy it for everybody and then mail it. Like if you're going to handwrite it, like, I don't know. I think handwriting notes, there's something personal about it that shouldn't just be copied en masse to everyone else in that locker room. And I don't know what, what I mean, fine. Maybe th- that note might've said something more personal. What if John Tortorella just did that handwritten note and just said, guys, no iPads this year. Writing by hand is how we will communicate you know notes on games and whatever because he's not he doesn't seem like an ipad kind of dude or a microsoft surface or tablet guy oh, yeah, behind yeah. the bench he's not that man so i don't know i think like if you're gonna go old school go old school all the way i don't think photocopying machine is enough like if, unless you have the og printing press that like martin luther had like how many hundreds of years ago oh, go old school all the way don't cut corners yeah what was the original it was johan gutenberg i think was the original yeah, sorry, Gutenberg, not Martin uh, Luther. Yeah, uh, the original printing press guy. But anyway, yeah, like, holy smokes. Like, that That to me is a – It's a. I, I, but I was thinking to myself, I can't remember the last time I wrote a note. and Or let me put it this way. I don't know that I will ever write a letter again in my life, like like a handwritten letter. I don't know that I will. I won't mail it. I don't think I'll mail it. I think if I ever do that, I will 
I will probably it'll be like, I don't know, maybe like I personally just deliver it to a person. I had a friend uh, last month who visited me from the States who we were like hanging out, like hanging in Montreal, hanging in Toronto, Quebec City. I took him around and I saw him on the train to Toronto. He like pulls out this like stack of like little papers and he's like penning this like note. And I'm like, what is he doing? Like, why is he writing this note? And I realized because we had him over at my at my place, my parents place, and my parents made him dinner all that. He hand wrote a note saying to my parents, like, thank you so much for hosting me these last few days. And thank you for dinner. And he gave it to me. He'd be like, hey, like, give it to your parents. Like, that's the kind of stuff I would do. I don't think I would, like, mail it. But I think, like, not, if I was like, Yeah, ever, not a full. Yeah. Like, man, like, I don't even remember the last time I bought a stamp. <laughs> to be honest with you. I know what last time I mailed stuff. I yeah. mailed, like, a bunch of my belongings from home to Calgary. And I'm still waiting for it. You know, it, it also reminds me. So years ago, when I used to, I, like before I I worked as a reporter, I spent a couple seasons in the PR department of the Ottawa Senators, and yes. Roger Nielsen was one of our assistant coaches. And I remember we would be on either either team charters or on the bus, and Roger would have a stack of uh, letters, and uh, it, it there were Christmas cards, oh. and. He would handwrite. This was like in like like early November, or whatever. He started his Christmas card and on the road. All, he would be traveling. He would just have his stack of things, and he was writing out his Christmas cards. And he was hand mailing, uh, mailing out Christmas cards to people with a, yeah. with a handwritten note. And I even got one. Like I was like, holy cow! I'm, I'm on Roger Nielsen's Christmas card list now. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking if I got onto that list. I don't even want to know how many people he's sending it to because I'm probably like person number fourteen hundred. Yeah, but 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 did he? But did, but was your letter photocopied? No, no, no. It was a little handwritten he, note. He yeah, to do and that's to my ultimate point. If you're gonna go all the way and be like, I'm gonna be old school and I'm gonna write all these notes, don't photocopy the same message to everybody. No, I, I'm a bit disappointed at John Tortorella. Look, if you're gonna go corner the old school curmudgeon route. No problem with that. That's who you are. And I'm never going to, I'm not going to question John Tortorella as a coach or as a, as a communicator or anything like that. He's won a Stanley Cup champion. He's a Stanley Cup champion. But I think this tactic, if I was a player, I'd be like, really? Like you couldn't have given me a personal note that you wrote for yourself. You had to photocopy this. I would make big stink about this, especially in Philadelphia, where there's supposed to be a lot of, it's supposed to be very fun. A lot of people look at Calgary and say, man, that's going to be a fun team to cover. I, if there was another team I would want to be around, that's not the Calgary Flames. Or Montreal Canadiens because it's home. I would love to have Charlie O'Connor's gig in Philadelphia because I feel as if we're going to get we're going to get so much. Yeah, John Tortorella there, Tony D. I mean Tony D'Angelo. How like him or love him, however you feel about him, there's always going to be something with that guy being there. John Tortorella even acknowledged the locker room is not necessarily in the greatest of states. Gritty is there. I'm still counting on John Tortorella to have <laughs> some kind of there. interaction with Gritty. I'm, I'm no, counting that on that. Will not happen. Won't Come happen. on. I don't think it's going to be purposeful. Something's going to happen. Something has to happen. I'm going as soon as it's there, as soon as it happens, I will be on Twitter ready to 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 laugh at whatever happens. It's going to happen. There's just going to be fireworks. Yeah. No, no. I I I think so. It feels like a very f- like flammable situation in Philadelphia. Uh, Absolutely. You know. Uh but again, some some great stuff by the way from from Russo and Gentili from the Vegas media tour. Another thing that I thought was interesting, they talked to Jack Hughes. Mm. And Jack, of course, uh, 
terrific young centerman with the New Jersey Devils, his brother Quinn in Vancouver. They're a great brother combination, very similar to the Kachucks, right, where um, they're this great young American family. And the question was asked to Jack Hughes. If your brother in Vancouver made the playoffs and you didn't, would you go full Brady Kachuk? Meaning, would you show up, cheer him on, sit in the stands, you know, wave the flag, all that stuff? He he said to Gentile and Russo, quote, I don't think you'd see me with eight beers in my pocket. I might have one in front of me up in the box, but I won't be with Canucks faithful. That's for sure. It suits Brady well. What do you think of that? Because you know what? It's interesting because I remember you were one of the people that tweeted out when that's Brady exactly, was in Calgary and you were that's like, that's exactly why I'm sighing and I don't yeah, want yeah. to get into this. No, 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 I don't no. want I, people to get I, mad at me again. I don't want people to flood my mentions no, and ask him what I'm here. talking about. No. It sounds to me like Jack Hughes is on Team Julian is what I'm saying. Uh, no, 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 no. That's the problem. That is the problem. I was not taking a side. I wasn't saying anyone was wrong. Don't say he's on Team Julian. I don't care. I was just curious what everyone thought. And because I asked the question, everyone thought, oh, so you got an issue with, with Brady Kachuk doing all this? You got a problem with that? Even Haley Salvia, Salvia just wrote like, she just like commented underneath just like, what? And as soon as I saw that, I was like, ah, oh, no. Now everyone's going to think I hate this. I actually think I thought it was pretty cool to see Brady Kachuk in the stands. Uh, with with all these beers and just you know being with his family and and supporting his brother and he went out of his way to you know he wasn't being a Flames fan he was just supporting his his brother as he was going through the playoffs. I yeah. don't have a problem with it. I was just curious what everyone else thought, but everyone took that tweet and thought that I was going against what Brady was doing. I think that's fine. And if Jack Hughes doesn't want to do that and he wants to go to some fancy box like up in the up in the stands or whatever to to cheer on his brother, that's fine too. I think that's more than okay. But everyone just assumed that, like, I don't like fun, so. <laughs> you don't. Julian doesn't like You fun. put anyway, that I on, on purpose. You put that on purpose in the in the rundown, did you? No. I, I just <laughs> thought it was interesting. Jack Hughes is like, you're not going to see me sitting with the fans. He, he He's like, I'm going to be in a box somewhere, and maybe I'll have one beer. I'm not going to have beers in my pocket. Anyway, I thought I thought it was interesting you weighed in. The last thing I want to ask you about, uh, mm-hmm. Austin Matthews told Mike Russo and Sean Gentile he's taken up tennis. And that happened because after he had the issue with his wrist in the offseason, wasn't able to golf, and so he picked up tennis. And I'm, man, I'm I'm curious about, like, wouldn't, would you love to see, like, would you like to see NHL players competing head-to-head with each other, like in other sports? Like, and whether it's golf or, like, te- like tennis would be fascinating to me to watch a couple of, NHL players play tennis against each other, like uh, a 1v1 matchup. I think it'd be cool to see. I remember a couple of years ago, I got asked by this friend of mine. We went to CJ, but I think he works for an agency now. He hosted, he was. He had this um, spike ball tournament. It was a oh, spike ball, ball tournament. Yeah. And they got like a couple of different NHLers and they asked me to like host it. And there was like a few guys, like Anthony Beauvillier was there. Daniel Sprong was there. I think like Joe Valeno might have been there. I don't remember. Um, but there were like a few like young prospect like NHL players. And to see them kind of like go at it each other on, on spike ball, that made me think, okay, if, we, if that's spike ball, that's one thing. But if we're thinking like a tennis or some other like, you know, more, I don't want to say more legitimate sport. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to upset the spike ball community here. But I think, you. I mean, considering how competitive these athletes are, like has to 
see some fireworks here. I'm curious about uh, Matthews' level at tennis, though. Like, who could he go up against? I feel like there's yeah. some other guy who's really good. There, there must be. Like, I know the Swedish guy, like Daniel Alfredson used to be really good at tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that, like I, I would suspect there would be some pretty good uh, European players uh, in, in tennis, you know? That was my thinking, too. They, 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 they grew up with it. Uh, you, know, you know what I've been into, really been into, is pickleball. What? Like, I've been playing pickleball. I'm in a league now. What is pickleball? Been, it's, it's, it's really weird. Like, it's the stupidest name of a sport. Like, I, I am embarrassed to say, like, I play pickleball because it's like, come on, guys. Like, it's like, you couldn't have come up with a better name. But What's it's pickleball? basically like, a, think of it as a hybrid between tennis and table tennis. Like, it, that's probably the best way to describe it, but you play it on an outdoor court, and in, in Ottawa, um, there are a ton of courts, tennis courts that now have the pickleball lines painted on them so they serve as a dual purpose. Really? And it's basically a shorter version. Like you have to do less running. Uh, you play with a wiffle ball. Uh, there was a great ESPN just did a story on pickleball about four weeks ago. They did a little feature. It's the fastest growing sport in America. It no is way. taken off. It is ridiculous. Like I, I get like, did you ever play tennis growing up? No, not really. I tried like no once. Not really. Okay. So if like if you played tennis growing up, like like which I did, it is very easy to get and you'll be hooked on it instantaneously. If you mm-hmm. didn't play tennis growing up, but you have some degree of hand eye like have you you've played table tennis i would assume at yeah, some point. yeah yeah i've done yeah. that okay so if you have some degree of hand eye coordination and then match that with a you know a touch of athletic you don't even have to be super athletic but match it you'll pick it up really easy and you're gonna love it and so yeah i've i've become a pickleball guy is the athletic gonna start a pickleball v- vertical because i feel like if that happens you're gonna oh, be i, I would be out yesterday like if they said hey we're so-, i'm like i'm in I will be the pickleball uh, beat reporter. Um, actually, you know what? Speaking of which, speaking of racket sports, I'm set to play later this week. Um, I'm supposed to play a new sport actually with Daniel Alfredson. Um, oh, cool. So he's introduced, he's trying to introduce this new sport in Ottawa, which is huge in Sweden. And actually, Alfie has bought some courts here in, in Ottawa. And it's called, I believe it's, it's pronounced Padel but it's spelled P A D E L. And he's been telling me, Hey, like you got to come out and play it sometime. I'm like, okay. So I texted him. I'm like, can we, can we do a day next week? Cause I, you know, I also, you know, selfishly, I'm like, yeah, this guy's going into the hall of fame. I kind of want to pick his brain on a couple things related to, you know, him going into the hall of fame. So anyway, I'm supposed mm-hmm. to play with him on Friday. He asked me to set up a foursome, bring two other people, come and meet him. And it's, it's a weird, this Padel this is like tennis, but if tennis met like racquetball or squash, because there's like walls involved. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, I'll you know I'll play him on Friday, and I'll report back to you on next Monday's show how my yes. Padel uh, with Daniel Alfredson went because he he's an unbelievable racket sport guy. So he'll probably clown us. But yesterday I was driving around with my parents, and we were looking for a car wash and we went to this like shell gas station and we're in this parking lot and there's a building like right across from me with some banner that says like, 
like Padel. And I think there's, I'm looking this up now. There actually is a Calgary Padel club. Yeah. There's a Padel club. I had no idea that I thought it, it, this was just something Dale Alfred said. Just, I mean, no, I thought it was something he, he just created. No, no, no. It's, it's, he tells me it's huge and sweet. He's like, Almost every, and he said tons of NHL. Actually, you know what? This is probably a great fun summer feature for next year. I he think says so, to yeah. me that all these European guys play it in the summertime. All okay. of them. So, oh. you know, there we go. All right, Padel. All right, so yeah. so I have to learn how to skate while I'm here. I have to take Wait, up. You skiing don't. Again. You've never skated. I tried skating once as a ten year old, and I had the most miserable experience doing it. And yeah. I told myself, you know what, like. I should probably like take up skating lessons at some point just to like, just so I know how to skate. Like I've gone rollerblading before, like in like a little like roller derby, like kind of rink, but like I've, yeah. I've never been able to get the ice skating thing down, Ooh. which is kind now, of funny about, considering my line of work. Okay. What about skiing? Have you skied? I've skied. I, I went on like ski trips in like school, but like, I'm not like a, I'm not going down any black diamond Hills. Like I've, I've gone down like little bunny Hills and maybe stuff that's a little bit tougher, but like that was also like, a decade ago when I was still in high school. I went snowboarding once too. Yeah. Th- th- this was back when you were writing letters to your girlfriend. So that's how long ago. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's how long ago that was. Oh, oh man. man. And, but you're in Calgary now. Okay. Let me ask you this. What are you, what are you going to pick up? Skating or skiing? This winter? Uh, oh, What's man. more likely? Oh God. Um, that's a great question. Uh, yeah. I really want to do the skating thing. So I, I I think skating might be more likely, but also I'm in Calgary. I'm a lot of friends are like, man, we gotta go to Banff. We gotta go to Lake Louise. So yeah, maybe skiing it might be a little bit more likely, but I haven't skied in like so long. So like I don't know how that's gonna go for me. Um, but skating I want to do. When you go to those big resorts, and I, I've I've skied, like I'm a guy, I skated all my life. I can skate. I've only skied like maybe six times. And I've actually been pretty good at it because of the skating. Like I have the balance down. Um, mm-hmm. But the one thing about those, those um, uh, when you go to the Rockies, like you get these really, you can go on like a, a super easy, like we'll call, like those green runs or whatever. And they're very gradual. And it's, yeah. you know, you don't have to go on the, the black diamond or double black diamond, but like it takes you like, you know, when you come, when you ski in the Eastern part of North America, you're down a hill in a couple minutes. Right. But um yeah. When you go out there, man, you could take one of those long runs and just kind of gradually work your way down the mountain. And yeah, it's, uh, I, I, have I to have to find some feeling, friends to ski with. Yeah, I have a feeling you won't have a hard time finding friends to ski with there. You got like, <laughs> you know, Banff and Canmore and all that stuff, Lake Louise in your backyard. Um, you know, even Jasper is not that far of a, of a jaunt for you up north. I, I suspect, I suspect you're going to end up, uh, getting some ski trips in. If I get my skating or skiing down, I too will also report back on the Monday show at some point. There you but go. Obviously, uh, the conditions are not really suitable right now to do either of those things. Not yet. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. That was a perfect me asking you about skating or skiing. The perfect segue into wrapping up this Monday edition of the show with our classic multiple choice madness. Okay? Yes. Love A couple this questions segment. here to wrap up the show. As we head into training camp, Julian, let me ask you this. Which player do you think has the most amount of pressure on their shoulders heading into training camp this week? Is it A, Johnny Goudreau in Columbus, B, Jonathan Huberto in Calgary, C, Matt Murray in Toronto, or D, somebody else? Is there somebody else out there that you're like, ooh, you know what? That guy's going to be feeling the heat this week. I'm going to say Jonathan Huberto because Johnny Gaudreau is playing on a Columbus team that, look, there's maybe some personal expectations for him. They're not really expected to make the playoffs. Matt Murray, if Matt Murray doesn't work out, the Leafs have Ilya Samsonov. And if those two don't work out, I think more people are going to be upset at Kyle Dubas more than those guys. Jonathan Huberto, I think, is the most interesting of all f- of I mean, there could be somebody else, but I think Jonathan Huberto, uh, a guy who, you know, depending on which part of the country in Canada or, or the states you're from, you either view him as a heart trophy candidate or a guy who got success because he played a lot with Sasha Barkov and some of his line mates. But this is a guy who led the league in assists and did a really good job uh establishing himself as one of the premier left wingers in the league he's gonna be 30 next summer with this massive contract extension that's gonna kick in as he's a 30 year old and right. this window for and the calgary what, 10, 10 and a half is that uh, 10 and a half is I the for, hit i forget the exact number yeah, it's, it's a pretty it hefty number yeah but like yeah jonathan huberto now is being placed in a situation where he is seen as a replacement for johnny goodrow and the calgary flames hope to be this team that can 
not just make the playoffs, but like contend for a Stanley Cup. I mean, when you look at the core ages of those guys like him and Nazem Kadri as well, like we're talking about guys in their 30s, like the window for them to win is like it's it's now or pretty damn soon. So the pressure being on him to win and succeed there to keep them relevant, like it's it's going to be it's I think there's more pressure for him compared to Johnny Gaudreau and, and Matt Murray. That's how I see it. You know what? I think it might be Matt Murray for me. And, I, and part of it is you're going to a huge media market, right? Where, like, like Johnny Goudreau could probably escape. Like he'll get some national heat, but it's not like the Columbus is a major uh, TV market. It's, it's like an Ottawa or a Winnipeg, yeah. right? Where you can, you know, maybe Carolina, you could maybe slide under the radar. Matt Murray, uh, Julian, he's going to the belly of the beast. And that's fair, yeah. They're rolling the dice on this guy that he can go back, revert to the 2016, 2017 version of himself. And I kind of think that, you know, you you look at at Murray and you think this could only go one of two ways. Either it's going to be a rousing success or a spectacular failure. It's it's very hard for me to envision a scenario where it's somewhere in between. And and maybe it will be, but even if it's somewhere in between, you feel like that's not good enough. Like they need him to elevate. They need him to win a playoff round or two or maybe three for them. Ah, man, I, I think he's going to have the most pressure because he's the guy in Toronto, right? That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, and maybe I was looking at it with more of a full season kind of approach too, but I think in terms of how people are going to descend on him, you do make a very good argument with with Matt Murray. But also with Ilya Samsonov being there, uh, I still think that, you know, if Matt Murray doesn't work out, you know, there's another fail-safe option for them. And again, Kyle, du- Kyle Dubas should be getting more pressure than anybody in this situation, more than Matt Murray. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair point. Um, one more question to wrap up the Monday pod. Yeah. I'm giving you the the powers, Julian, to get rid of one of these things. What are you choosing? A, the entire preseason schedule, or B, the all-star game. You can get rid of one of them and say, you know what? Moving forward, we will no longer have NHL exhibition games, or B, we will no longer have the all-star game. Man, this is actually kind of tough. The players need those exhibition games to get themselves going. And 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 how are coaches going to determine who's going to make the lineup? Like they need those games. What if we get rid of preseason games and we see guys play all sloppy the first fifteen games? People are going to complain and be like, "What the well, hell is this?" No, but Julian, you know what sloppy hockey usually is? It's entertaining hockey. It's That's high true. scoring hockey. It's fun hockey. It could be I'm, that. It could okay. it could also be a zero zero <laughs> struggle where people can't skate or people are just no. missing the net. It could be that too. Okay, here's the thing. How many preseason games are the Flames playing? Do you know offhand? I like, don't know offhand. Off- it's like a it's like a good chunk of them though. Okay. Ottawa's playing eight. I, I don't need eight <laughs> preseason games to tell me that uh, you know, Tim Stutzel is a pretty good player. Like, look. Each team I'm sure going there's a training camp. camp battle you could follow. Okay, but oh, I can't wait to watch eight games of the fourth line center. Like this is the thing: <laughs> most teams have at most, we'll call it three positional battles, right? Like maybe sure. it's a, but that's it. I don't need eight games. I, I'm out. I, you know what? Go and ahead. then 
I like the fact that early in the season, if, if there's no preseason game, look, if you're telling me you can have one preseason game, fine. I don't need eight. I don't Man. need 10% of the regular season schedule played out in meaningless fashion here. Like eight, eight is too many. If you told me the number was one or two, fine. But eight, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, and, like, and don't they charge season ticket holders like the same price or like almost the same price for these games? Why? Like, what are we like? What are we doing here? I don't know. But also like the all-star game, like, I mean, I, I like the all-star. I mean, the all-star game used to be really good. The all-star game as it is now, it's still not that bad, but I just, it's just the league just trying whatever gimmicks they can to entice people to watch these games more. And just, I don't know, it, but also like there's a break. I'm sure we could all use a break for everyone who's not going to be at that all-star game. Yeah. Right. I like that. I don't want to get rid of that. So I get, man, I guess I have to say preseason then. See, you're on the train. Oh, man. I don't like it. A, a scribe who I will not name uh, told me that uh, he has not watched like a preseason game in like decades. And I think they still kind of cover the game. I'm not going to expose who this is. What, what do you mean? First of all, this guy's worked for decades and it's a guy. Um, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure we can narrow this down. Uh, he, he certainly works in Canada. I can I can feel that. So oh my god! No, now we're down to like expose, four. We're down to like four potential the people. Okay, does, we, dog. Won't. we won't. Don't expose the bad. I'm just like. But you remember for years, yes. Uh, Red Red Fisher was uh, you know for for people Legend. who don't know Red Fisher was a longtime reporter in Montreal, the Gazette, and mm-hmm. you know basically we covered the Canadians in their heyday from you know 50s, 60s, 70s, all of that right into the the nineties into the early two thousands. And if I'm not mistaken, Julian red used to have a rule, which was, I don't speak to rookies. (laughs) He didn't, but but here's my question. So Patrick Waugh wins a Stanley cup in his rookie year. Are you telling me red Fisher was like, you you got to earn it with me. And he never spoke to him in his rookie year. Uh, Could you imagine if we pulled that now? Legitimate question. Yeah. Could you imagine if I went to Calgary? And, and well, I'm in Calgary now. I go to the Salo Dome and I'm like, hey, Jacques Pelletier, you're a rookie. I don't talk to you. I could pull that. What? You got to have some serious cachet to do that. Right? Man. Like imagine Matt Fairburn who covers the Sabres for us. He's like, I'm not speaking to Owen Power this year. He's got to earn what? it. What? What? <laughs> I don't know. So sometimes we give journalists too much power. Clearly we yeah. do. I think so. Ar- Arpin, I wonder, will he speak to Slavkovsky this year? He, I mean, he may, if he wants to be the next Red Fisher, this is what he's got to do. Yeah, he's going to have to do he's that. Just I mean, not even looking, speak to Slavkovsky. They must be like around the same height, those two, really. Because, I mean, Slavkovsky's a truck and like Arpin's pretty, built pretty big. So Yeah, yeah, Arpin's pretty tall. In fact, let me wrap up the show. Real quick story with Arpin. We went, yes. uh, him and I went out for a, a, a drink and dinner in Buffalo. And yeah. we got to talking to these people next to us at the bar in Buffalo. We were out for a drink. And we started talking NFL football. And of course, Buffalo is is um, uh, Bills, Bills crazy right now. And so they're asking us, you know, who who is your favorite team? And I, you know, reluctantly, I'm like, ah, oh, the Cowboys. Uh, and Arpin is like, he's a diehard Dolphins fan, right? Yeah. So on his way out of the bar, he turns around and tells everyone, hey, by the way, go Titans. Oh. And, he, and I'm like, Julie, uh, uh, Arpin. What are you doing? Like we had to get out of there. People were like yelling and booing. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. 
Oh man! Shout out, shout out, Arpin one one time because uh, before he went off to Buffalo, so he was going to Buffalo at the same time I was flying to Calgary, and uh, we were leaving for our respective flights around the same time. And uh, I, I did, I wasn't sure if I was going to see him. And then uh, he, we ran into each other at the airport, and he gave me a very big hug, and it meant a lot, Arpin Basu. So if you're listening to the Monday edition of the Hockey Show, thank you. I'm doing very well in Calgary right now, and it was really great to run into the, run into you at the airport just as I was on the cusp of the biggest move of my life. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a great guy. I love spending time with him, uh, except when he yelled "Go Titans." Uh, heading into Monday Night Football. Could have got you killed in Buffalo. Was, seriously. Like, yeah. Anyway, hey, listen. We'll leave it that. Man, this was so much fun. This was, this flew by. It was yeah. fun. We want to hear from our listeners, too, about Mount Rando goalies that have won the cup. Maybe the last time you've penned the letter to anybody. Oh, my God. Any of that stuff. We love to hear from from people. If this is what the Monday show is going to be like going forward, man, like, you guys are in for a really fun time. No, no, this was an aberration. Next week, it's all about the salary cap. <laughs> Implications. Yeah, I can't wait for next week where we're going to talk about all the uh, who's going to make the fourth line of the Leafs and uh, is Rasmus Sandin going to sign and and who's going to get signed to PTOs. Just as we were talking, I think Sonny Milano just signed a PTO with the Flames, actually. So, yeah, I can't wait for next week to be all about that. Exactly. All about the minutia of hockey. The fun and yes. frivolity ends here. No, of course it won't. Uh, we had a ton of fun uh, doing the show. Like I said... Uh, hit us up with any comments about anything we talked about. We'd love to hear from uh, our listeners. We'd also love uh, for you to give us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, we certainly appreciate that. You can subscribe to The Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts. Get all of our bonus content from the entire network. You'll get a 30-day free trial, and then it's 99 cents a month after that. Right now, we got a great deal with The Athletic. It's a dollar a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show.